With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everyone, Josh Norris here with another episode of the Roto World Football Podcast, the start of week two edition. Hopefully you enjoyed your first week of in-season content with Roto World, all the podcasts, all the videos, all the written content. Hopefully you enjoyed week one of your NFL weekend. Today, as last week, always on Tuesdays, it's my conversation with Raymond Summerlin talking about the weekend's news, the, the big takeaways as well as the waiver-wired piece that goes up on Tuesdays with Ray. Um, he goes through, you know, some of the most prominent names that will be available in 10-team leagues, like your Tajay Sharps and your Will Fullers, but also the deep cuts for you 12- and 14-team leaguers out there with deep benches. Ray's got you covered. Uh, a, a few names I wouldn't have thought of that he certainly brought up, but before I get to that conversation with Ray, I have... Something to talk about. It's an important topic. Um, like underwear a couple weeks ago, I now want to talk about shaving. And specifically, dollarshaveclub.com. Look, I only shave once a week. It's for the fantasy football kickoff, Roto World show on Thursdays, um, and also the television show I do for the Comcast Sports Networks. And it's not something like I look forward to, but now I don't have to leave my apartment, my condo, it gets delivered to me. I don't have to go to the drugstore and deal with the person who um, opens those plastic cabinets with their keys. Instead, I get to go on dollarshaveclub.com and, and pick from a multitude of razors, and I get shave butter and shaving cream. And, and specifically, I go for the executive blade. Um, and, and it's super easy. It gets delivered straight to my door. I, it's, it's no hassle. And, and here's your chance to see why over... Three million members like me love Dollar Shave Club. Um, Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products that now you can get the first month free. I wish I knew that when I started, but hey, all of you know it now. And all you have to do is pay shipping. And then after that, it's just a few dollars more to continue on. No long-term commitment, no hidden fees. There's no reason not to do it. So get your dollarshaveclub.com. Subscription at dollarshaveclub.com slash rotoworld. Again, dollarshaveclub.com slash rotoworld. Um, and on to my conversation now, a digital one, not in person, with Raymond Summerlin. Check it out. Raymond Summerlin, long time no chat. Tell me about the first weekend of NFL football in your place. How was it in your life? Well, considering that I think that you – you did me up pretty good on uh -huh. our predictions. I mean, I wasn't going to get to it until later, but we, you can go ahead. 
I, I think that uh, it wasn't great. Every time Stefan Diggs caught a pass, it just made me sadder and sadder and sadder. I, I mean, I guess the I – don't, I don't know about the only one I got wrong, but one that I did get wrong, I guess, was LeGarrette Blount over James White. I had the other way because I thought the Patriots were going to you know, be behind the scoreboard. What I'm referring to and what Ray is referring to is the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff, which is on Thursdays at 4 Eastern and 7 Eastern on NBCSports.com. Myself, Ray, Paul Burmeister, live stream, 30 minutes. I had a really good time last week, Ray. Did you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'd have liked it a lot better if Stefan Diggs wouldn't have you know, caught seven passes for 103 yards or if Isaiah Crowell wouldn't have gotten... 40 meaningless yards on the last three plays of the game on draws but aside from all of those things I, yeah i thought it was a lot of fun it, it went really well in my opinion yeah it was a big learning experience for myself and some other people that's that's the right way to put it um but if you guys want to <laughs> tune in yeah like i said nbcsports.com i will certainly be tweeting it out i know raymond will as well um but that's one thing that ray and i have each week the other is that i need to warn all of you that it is rush hour for trains at my condo and so they'll be passing by at random multiple times during this window. Um, the other one is Ray's waiver wired column, which you can read today, which is Tuesday for you. Um, Ray and I are actually recording this before both Monday night games. So if someone pops off, like if, you know, Case Keenum magically morphs into Brett Favre and, <laughs> and does something worthy of being picked up, tune into those, um, you know, comments in Ray's piece. Cause he'll have those, but We're not going to be talking about them. But, Ray, the first thing that you did want to mention, we should really talk about some news. And I think the best place to start off is with Keenan Allen and the San Diego Chargers offense. Yeah, it's really a devastating injury. It's his second season-ending injury in as many seasons. Last one came after eight games, actually in the eighth game with the lacerated kidney. This year, he only lasts half of one game. He was... You know, he looked great again every time he's on the field. He looks great. He looks like one of those guys that you just absolutely can't cover. And it's really a devastating loss. It's obviously a devastating loss for the people who invested, in some cases, a first-round pick in him. But it's especially a devastating loss for the Chargers offense, which averaged just 16 points a game without him last year. Philip Rivers threw for 90 fewer passing yards. Now he threw for 344 with Allen. So he had some ways to go down, but still 90 fewer yards. He only had 11 touchdowns over the final eight games without Allen. It really is a tough situation for them. But I guess the, the good news is they did spend a lot of money on Travis Benjamin, who I don't think anybody would view as a true number one receiver but is probably a better option as the quote-unquote number one than the Stevie Johnson, Dontrell Inman, Malcolm Floyd right. that they had at the end of last year. They have this kid, Tyrell Williams, who looks like, I mean, he made two big plays against the Chiefs. He looks like he could be a real factor on the outside. They still have Inman, who wasn't you know, wasn't great at the end of last year, but he did average almost four catches and 50 yards. Yeah, so here, here's my question, because a lot yeah. of times when a superstar goes down, people want to immediately think of his replacement on his own team and gravitate towards them as the player to pick up. Um, I don't think that's the case here. Do you like I would say kind of stay away from all of them, except for maybe Tyra Williams. I know Travis Benjamin's not going to be available, really, but it's not like there's a clear um 
entry that is going to pick up for Keenan Allen and really Keenan Allen's loss really, like you mentioned, diminishes this entire um, appeal of the San Diego Chargers offense. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's that's the thing. When you go through the names, it's there's just nothing that jumps out at you and really gets you excited. I do think Williams is the guy, if I'm going to try to target anyone, he's the guy, if I'm in a deeper PPR league, than Inman's in play. But you're right, you're going to have to go and find someone else. Now, luckily, there are some wide receivers out there. Shockingly, there are some wide receivers out there. Tajay Sharp is still out there and uh, 54% of leagues. Wow. Will Fuller is still out there in 50% of leagues. Brandon LaFell is out there in 95% huh. of leagues. Mohamed Sanu in 55. There are names. That's crazy. It's just, it is, it really is. There are names out there that you can go and get. And I think that all of those guys are better ads than than even Terrell Williams and especially Dontrell Inman. And I think your your point is a very good one. If you're looking for a replacement for Allen, it probably isn't coming out of this offense. Right. Let's move on to Robert Griffin III landing on injured reserve after just one game in the 2016 season. Obviously, that means Josh McCown, who some people thought might be traded, um, and some people might think he's better than RG3, is going to enter as the starting quarterback. Tell me the one person, other than McCown, obviously, because he's in the game, who benefits most from a new quarterback entering the Browns' offense. That's pretty easily Gary Barnage, who had a goose egg last week, but with Josh McCown in the game last year, Josh McCown started eight games and Gary Barnage was on pace for 92 catches for 1,282 yards and 12 touchdowns in those eight games. We're not talking about like a two game stretch. That's half the season. And that was what he was on pace for. It was a big reason why he finished as the tight end too. So Gary Barnage gets a huge bump in value. If, if someone's out there after this goose egg and someone drops Gary Barnage, which I definitely could see happening, or if someone is willing to trade Gary Barnage, he is somebody you should target. The problem is obviously that Josh McCown couldn't stay healthy last year either. And so if we're looking at, well, how many games we think McCown's going to start, I would definitely take the under on 15. So I think that this whole offense is now maybe even in more flux than it was last week with Robert Griffin III, who I didn't have much hope in to begin with. So again, this situation is so tough because they have they have so much talent and Corey Coleman and Barnage and Duke Johnson and Crowell who got 40 meaningless yards and upset me <laughs> in Josh Gordon whenever Josh Gordon comes back right. like there are there are options there for those guys but I Cody Kessler is going to make starts this year and that's terrifying if you own a Brown skill position player yeah and as the biggest advocate for Corey Coleman um, I was looking forward to seeing him, you know, run vertical shots, even though he did nothing week one. Um, he had one big play, a crazy big play that he caught between three guys, I yeah. think. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a, a lapse on defense even more than, than him making a good play. He even dropped a, a, a slant that would have gone for about 15 or 20 yards after the catch. But anyways, I, I mean, yeah. And I, I would say Duke Johnson, who you mentioned a little bit, because if we're just talking about narratives here, um, I would say that Duke Johnson – a chunk of his yardage could be as a check down receiver, as a passing down back. Um, I'm not sure if that fits Robert Griffin's style as much as it might with Josh McCown's. Um, but I mean, like we talked about it, it was, it's, it's kind of an odd split right now. And it's tough to know exactly how they're going to use Crowell and Duke Johnson moving forward. Um, and to your point, Josh McCown, Duke Johnson was 
considerably better with McCown last year. Yes. I believe he had something like three or four more catches a game. So that is certainly there as well. Sammy Watkins uh, is injured, but like not injured. Uh, <laughs> he's like somewhere in between. Um, no, it, it's sore foot. Um, obviously, it came out before the game. Adam Schefter reported it that morning that he was dealing with uh, foot pain. I believe it stems from the screws that are in his foot and that it's just not going away and it's super sore the day after. Um, that's obviously not an injury that's going to heal while you're still running. And, I mean, for season long, like, I'm kind of already off Sammy Watkins, like, completely for the rest of the year if we're talking about, you know, daily lineups. But for the people that have him, um, how would you suggest that they proceed with Sammy Watkins? Well, I think that you're, there's no way that you're getting rid of him. There's just... He says he's going to play through it. In fact, he said he's definitely going to play on Thursday, which if he's going to play on a short week, that's a promising sign mm-hmm. moving forward. We'll obviously see point. how it goes, but he's going to play on Thursday. He says he's going to play on Thursday. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But this is a situation that is going to affect him all year. And we saw last year with, with Des Bryant, who tried to rush back from a foot surgery. Devontae Parker as well. Devontae Parker tried to rush back from a foot surgery and it just it never really worked out with those guys especially with Dez Devontae Parker obviously came on at the end of the season uh, unfortunately and then made us all happy and now we're all <laughs> now we're all sad. that exactly <laughs> but the but yeah this this idea that he's going to play through the injury might be both a blessing and a curse it's a blessing and that he's the only option on that passing offense when he's on the field, he's definitely going to get targets. So that's a, that's the blessing part of it. But the curse is if he never gets healthy, you're never going to get that Sammy Watkins that we saw at the end of last season. That was just so explosive down the field. And that's a big problem for this bill's offense. We saw against the Ravens. If, if Watkins isn't that guy, this offense, no matter how good Greg Roman does scheming in the running game, this offense is in lots and lots and lots of trouble. So this is this is a situation where if you're a Watkins owner, you kind of have to ride it out. I doubt you're going to get anything of value back for him. Maybe if he blows up against Revis, because that's apparently what people do these days, <laughs> then you then you go and tra- try to trade him high. But yeah. for now, you're just keeping him and you're playing him as a wide receiver too. And I think you're hoping for the best. And this hurts me because Ray, you know this. Like I I absolutely love the Sean McCoy this season and. Other than that short touchdown run, like they did nothing offensively this entire game, and everyone and and we know Rich Rebar loves Tyrod Taylor, and I, I mean I was completely wrong in Week One. I, I thought that they were going to come out and do very well against this Ravens team, and and Vegas was completely right in giving the Ravens the favorite at home, and the Bills did nothing. So I mean, not only does this impact obviously Sammy, it should impact Tyrod obviously, and maybe a trickle down effect on Lashawn McCoy as well. Um, let's move on to Russell Wilson, who again is injured, but might play. It sounded like it was a significant sprain, depending on who, um, was reporting the news and that it might keep him out, but then he obviously finished the game and, but he, he's a very different quarterback, right? Ray? Like he, he needs that mobility. It's a huge part of his game in terms of leaving clean pockets and, and is so unique in, in how he can create space with his feet. If he's a quarterback that cannot move as well as he has in the past, um, one, if he plays, I'm sure that affects other people around him. But two, if if it, he doesn't play, 
Um, I don't even know how to, you know, process that with the other skill position players around him because it's just undrafted free agents like Trevon Boykin behind him. If he doesn't play, then you're just out on Seattle. I think yeah. that that's, that's the answer. Trevon Boykin, although while I think he showed improvement in the preseason, at least um, in their eyes he showed improvement, then there's no way you're trusting Doug Baldwin or especially, you know, a, hinder, a hampered Jimmy Graham or a third fiddle Tyler Lockett or, or whomever else in that offense. Especially now with the running game, Pete Carroll came out and said that Rawls has earned more work. So now we're even looking at a more even split there. If he plays, Fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, this whole situation is just wonderful. I'm very excited about it. But the if he plays, I think, you know, we saw at the end of last year that even though he was operating from the pocket, he was able to move around and make plays. And that just didn't happen in the second half against Miami. Right. It he he tried to escape a few times. He didn't have that juice. He couldn't get out. He couldn't make those plays. He did regroup, lead him down the field, made a nice check to to get to that touchdown to Doug Baldwin, a good throw. But his upside is severely limited. Now, going up against the Rams, we'll see what the Rams do with the 49ers tonight on, on Monday night because we're recording on Monday. But I don't expect that Rams defense to be as good as it's been in the past. Hmm. It's always susceptible to the run. So maybe they, with him injured, they just try to pound the running game with both Michael and Rawls and see what they can do. But ultimately, if Russell Wilson's playing, you probably don't have a better option, as much like Cam Newton last week. But his upside is obviously going to be severely, severely limited if his if his if he can't get out of the pocket and move so we hit all the news or some of it um let's move on to some of the waivers you mentioned will fuller tajay sharp muhammad sanu brandon lafell which are all at least 50 percent available in leagues um two running backs you mentioned or you sent me before this podcast airs is tevin coleman and and theoretic both had huge weeks obviously um, Theoretic is more of a receiver, but Tevin Coleman really emerged this week as a receiver, which fits the hashtag narrative of the Falcons this offseason. Yeah, I think that that was, of all the things this week one, and it was a crazy week one, I think that Coleman being so involved in the passing game and actually getting two more targets than Devontae Freeman was the most surprising thing for me because even though they talked about this, you know, hashtag timeshare, they, they, Tevin Coleman was not good as a receiver as a rookie. He had more right. drops than catches which is um not what Difficult. you would call a good sign yeah that's, i think we call that like pulling a lima swede yeah that's <laughs> what a name what a pull that is <laughs> um but yeah so he was not good but if you go back and kind of look at who coleman is as a player he has one dynamic weapon and that's that he's very very fast in a straight line and if you can get him out into space he can do some things but he struggles as a runner to get into space he doesn't really have that that type those skills to uh to get through the line to get into space and to really make those big plays he did it in college it hasn't happened in the nfl as much but if you get him out in space as a receiver like on a basically wheel route that he made a great catch on right and then sprint down the sideline for 47 yards that fits him really well and so even though this was something that i didn't expect to happen with him in the passing game it's something that make sense for them to do if their goal is to try to create big plays in an offense that you know really didn't have them yesterday even with you know Mohamed Sanu playing I, I think better than than maybe we thought he would 
So you've really incorporated a lot of these leagues that have big names available, right? Tevin Coleman, Will Fuller, Tajay Sharp. What about, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but what, what about like competitive 12-team leagues or 14-team leagues? Like who are the guys or one guy that you saw this weekend that you think um, that's widely available that you think is, is among the highest priorities this week? I think if you're in a deeper PPR league, I'm very intrigued by Cole Beasley, who dropped a touchdown, saw a ton of targets. And if Dax Prescott is going to continue to play, unfortunately for Des Bryant supporters like myself, if he's going to continue to play that check down to Witten and Beasley game, there could be a situation here where Beasley just ends up almost leading the team in catches while Dex Prescott is there, which is obviously going to be immensely valuable in deeper PPR leagues. So I think that he's certainly a name to watch. Jalen Richard from Oakland, who mm-hmm. looked like at by the end of the game, he was ahead of DeAndre Washington in the pecking order, which is really, really impressive. It's considering notable, definitely. Yeah, where he came from. Sean Drone, we'll see what he does, but Sean Drone's always a guy who has been undervalued. We talked about Terrell Williams. Dennis Pitta, if you're looking for a tight end, Dennis Pitta is owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues, and he was clearly the number one tight end in Baltimore. He played almost the entire game. I believe he saw four targets. He was clearly the number one. You know, we forget that he was... Quincy Anunua, by the way. Quincy Anunua, that, that was a great one. He basically is the tight end in New York because they don't have one. Yeah. And so he obviously had a big game, although I, I, he had, I think, one of these last year, and then right. they went back to throwing it to Marshall and Decker. So we'll see what happens. You know, there, there are names out there. Traveris Cadet, if you're in PPR leagues, who looks like he might be what, they, what everybody hoped C.J. Spiller was going to be this year. Yeah. So there are, there are certainly names out there, and, and every week in the waiver wire I have a, I have a deep cut section in which nice. I cover people that are owned – and less than 5% or less of Yahoo leagues. So I will talk about these guys and, and that, that for sure. They won't be the, the headline guys, but I always make sure I mention at least a few of these guys because they are out there. Yeah, and again, we are recording this before the Monday night game, so I'm excited to see what Josh Doxson does. You know, in the past we have seen uh, receivers that have been injured during training camp um, emerge at some point, that are talented first-round picks, emerge some point during their rookie years. Obviously, Doxon missed a, a big chunk of training camp or all of it. Um, but again, we all think he has talent. Um, Ray. And all, he has, yeah, and all he has to jump is Pierre Garçon and Jamison Crowder. Is that yep. something that we don't think he can do? Well, and, and I'm, I'm guessing it would have to be Garçon because it seems like they want to keep Crowder in three wide receiver sets as the slot guy. So, And it might not have to be jump. It might just be you know taking over for an injured player as well. So he's the type of talent that I think is, is, you know, more talented than a Cole Beasley, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, and, and some of these other wide receivers, just the opportunity is not there. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see again, we're, we're kind of trying to predetermine things here, but, but I want to throw out, cause I'm trying to go through the list. Cause, cause you did hit me with this Malcolm Mitchell's on that list too. Yes, for sure. That's a good one. That's a Malcolm Mitchell's one. 1% owned. And he, he played fewer snaps than Chris Hogan, but he is a talented guy. Yeah. Um, it looks like his elbow injury is wearing a big brace on it, but it looks like it's not going to affect him. He's, he's definitely a name to watch for sure. Ray, you're the man. Uh, we have some more content to put out this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I think you'll probably get me on some of these predictions this week. 
I, I need to, I definitely need to up my game. That's for sure. <laughs> Ray did want me to mention that he brought up Steven Anderson's name, the Titan for the Houston Texans, my boy, after we were done uh, recording. Anytime that Steven Anderson is brought up, I want to reiterate it. I'm just in your deeper league for tight ends. Um, so thanks so much for listening, as always. And if you enjoyed the podcast, rate and review it. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you want to. Uh, like last week, we're doing three podcasts a week. One today on Tuesday, then another on Thursday, and then another on Friday. Um, check out the Fantasy Football Kickoff presented by RotoWorld on Thursdays, NBCSports.com, along with the Real Fantasy Show on Comcast Sports Networks. Really appreciate all your support, um, and check out Dollar Shave Club. They support us as well as you do. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.